Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. So this evening, we're going to have questions, and I just want to apologize also, because mm. even uh, one of those questions have been hanging for a long time. Mm. Some, some other questions, whenever they come out, pray, and whatever God wants us to do, we do with it. In this place, as we said, it's only God who instructs us, and that's the way it needs to be. And the only thing that we do is that anytime, anywhere, wherever we are, we ask the Lord to please search our heart. Search our heart. If there is even remotely anything, like maybe anger or whatever, or any frustration, it should go. Because it's not necessary. We need you to please tell us exactly how you want us to live. And Lord, we promise that we will live your own way. So come and have your way, Lord. So there are some questions that have been asked. I want that pastor uh, to show us that question. So the government will read it. So questions, actually. I think I, I call them barrages of questions. But God will simplify and help us this evening. So you may make note of this, these questions because I may not be able to repeat as we go to remember them all along. So that's what we're going to deal with. Amen? Amen. Question. My understanding of Christianity and its role is to uphold what is good and hate, eschew, condemn, expose, rebuke, and not have fellowship with or encourage evil. A. Would you please elaborate or clarify the role of Christians at the face of evil? Are Christians supposed to swallow evil, pretend and look the other way, and just pray while evil overtakes everyone and everywhere? B, who exactly is a Christian? Go on. Number two, how does one intercede so as not to be misunderstood as taking side or being one-sided? What constitutes acceptable intercessory prayer to the Lord? Amen. Now, let me, let me put it this way. If you have taken note of those questions, maybe you need to jot them down so that in case any question later on, the Spirit of God will take care of that for us. If you will take a look at all the questions asked here, and there are many, there are many all put together. Obviously, there's only one question. If it is answered clearly, understood clearly, that question in turn will answer all other questions and will supersede all of them. Can anybody tell me what that question is? Who actually is a Christian? God bless you, Pastor Chab. That's this, 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 you can, you can take it Who actually is a Christian? My people, listen to me very carefully. Let us 
and by the Spirit of God. Because once we get that understanding, my people, it answers every other thing. It tells you how a Christian is supposed to conduct himself, whatever is the situation, in anything, it will tell you that. Who actually is a Christian? Or rather, let's put it this way. Who is a true Christian? A true Christian as given to us in the Bible. Remember my people, I said it from the beginning. Cause is anyone who says the Lord has said when the Lord has not said. Cause is anyone who has um, surprised from the, the Bible, the holy word of God. Any man who does that is killing himself. And not only that, I've also said, we have, God has told us many times, any question that relates to God, answer it by the word of God. Like Jesus Christ, when he was tempted, he said, is it not written? Look at where it is. I don't have to argue with you. This is where it is. As simple as that. But the difference was that Jesus Christ was the word. That's why we all need to all be careful. Because when we say, look at where this thing is, but we are not what we are saying that is there. Our life does not replace that. Then we have what? Condemned ourselves. Because we have to be what we say. We have to be what that we say. It's for people who are grown, maturing the Lord right now, whatever comes out of your mouth, let it be the same thing that is in your heart. Let you at night and day be the same. Otherwise, God sees it all. You may think people, you want to show them the shiny side, but he sees it all. So in this place, I just want to start that way for us. Who is really a true Christian? A true Christian is the one that's defined by God. Please listen to me. Not by a maker's rumba, or pope, or bishop. No, it's the one that's defined by God. And you, you come to that point where you will see why I said is the one defined by God. That means that a true Christian is one who has fully put on Christ. He has fully put on Christ. What does that mean? If we see, look at look at Galatians three twenty-seven. To go my Galatians three twenty-seven, please. Galatians three twenty-seven. Yes, ma'am. We are still in March. For well, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. As many of you as are baptized into Christ has put on Christ. They have become one with Christ. That's the one who's a Christian. But how do you put on Christ? It's still there. Come on, people, let's all everybody, Spirit of God walking in everyone. Remember the way it used to be. How do you put on Christ? I turn around, ask the same thing. To be baptized into Christ. Be attached? No. How do, how do oh, say, say, as to many, be baptized as, into Christ? God bless you. Yes, I didn't hear it very well. Baptized into Christ. But what is baptized into Christ? Repentance 
and forsaken evil. God bless you. This, please bless everybody. Let's get this tonight right now. Christ and I must be one. Otherwise, we are in disagreement. Because the Bible told us that two cannot work together except they're in disagreement. You can see that most of the time we're going to spend today is actually trying to show us who is a true Christian. And it, you will see how it will answer every other thing that is, that is there. So that's why Jesus Christ said, we said we are buried. You are talking about somebody who has died, been buried, and risen with Christ. Died. That is the iniquity in your life. No more is dead. That is what is putting on Christ first. Because you have to be able to fulfill the purpose that God drew us to himself. Let us read Romans, please. 6, 4 to 6. Romans 6, 4 to 6. Yes. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, mm -hmm. even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Yes. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Mm -hmm. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Hang on there, Sister Goma. Knowing this, that the old man of Emeko Zurumba, the old man, the way of life, the way of thinking, whatever I do, the way of allegiance or association, whatever it is in my mind, has been crucified with him, which means what? I now rule over my sin. Go on, Sister Goma. I want everyone to understand what he's saying. That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. In other words, for me to be saved and crucified with Christ, I'm saying the body of sin, the way I used to be, whatever I used to do, no more. There's no question about talking about it. It's actually the way it is because God judges. That's why I said, look, if Christ, if God can give us that spirit, we are in every situation. You can say, you know, to even to the enemy, look, I, you have nothing in me. Therefore, there's nothing you can do. And there. So the body of sin, I'm a Christian. I'm baptized. Baptism is dying to self, the sin. You have been crucified and dead in Christ. You have cheated the old skin. The old iniquity must go. So read, please, the same thing, verse 12 to 12, 16. Superman. Romans 6, from verse 12 to 16. Yes, ma'am. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. Mm -hmm. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, mm. but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. Yes. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, 
You are that one's slaves whom you obey, mm -hmm. whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. You see, this is what I'm saying. I am I put on Christ. I'm one with Christ. When I say I'm a Christ, a true Christian, that's why I'm saying using the word the word true or actual, okay? True Christian. Not anybody who claims to be a Christian. A true Christian is one who is now in alignment with Christ. And why does the person have to shed all iniquity? Anybody tell me why? Nobody? Now, you know what one thing? What we're talking about is what? The perfection of fear of God. We've been talking about it before. We told, we said that that's, God told us that's the foundation of foundation. It's a first requirement. No matter what anybody does, there is not going to be any meaningful relationship with God. Because Christ and the Father are one. Except, first of all, you perfect the fear of him. And we say the fear of God is to depart. In fact, to forsake depart and cease from all iniquities, no matter whatever it may be, because God had not started. Why? Because the Bible told us in Isaiah 59.2 that sin, iniquity separates us from God. So there is no way I can say I'm walking around, oh Christ, I'm a Christian because I am I'm one with Christ, but there is this sin in me. No, because already I'm separated from him. Everybody, please, let's get this. That's why I said to get this very understanding of who is a Christian is the crucial and the most important thing that all we need to do. And it doesn't take much. It doesn't take long. It's not anything. Even our beloved sister was testifying here. It is not hard. It is simple thing you make up your mind. This sin, whatever that's holding me, separating me from God, that tempts me and brings me to temptation and leaves me there. That thing must go and die. Why? Because if I'm risen with Christ, we are told that in Christ there is no what? No blemish, no sin. No sin. God bless you in Christ. So that's, I want everybody to let's get all these things going now. God bless you. In Christ there is no sin. Read me please first John. For, for people, probably just that's why I'm reading it. First John 3 5, please. First John 3 5. Yes, ma'am. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. Mm -hmm. And in him, there is no sin. And in him, there is no sin. But if you continue from there, Sister Goldman, it tells us I cannot say I'm a true Christian and I'm walking with Christ, but there's sin in me. Go on, please. Read it on to 10. Okay, First John 3, 6 to 10. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. In other words, what, my people? Come on, this is, what is he saying there? In other words, what? What are we dealing with? Who is who? True Christian. Who is a true Christian? In other words, if there is sin in me, I have Forget about it. I'm not a true Christian. In the, in the biblical spiritual word of it. Because one, that means I've never seen him, nor even known him before. Forget about it. 
Keep reading, my sister. Little children, let no one deceive you. He mm -hmm. who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, mm -hmm. for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm -hmm. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. You see, in this, the children of God, in this, the disciples of Christ and that of the devil are manifest. In other words, that's the distinction. That's the distinction. I am not a true Christian if I'm walking in sin because the Bible told us if I do that, I'm still a servant of the devil and I cannot serve two masters. So let's understand who is a Christian. Why do are we talking about all this? Because it's only through this profession of fear of God that one can get this new heart. Remember when we closed the prayer last Monday, I was just saying, everybody, go home and get a new heart. For yourself and a new spirit that cannot come until you abandon this weak ways. Give me Ezekiel, please, 1831. We'll that day. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 31. Yes. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed, mm -hmm. and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Cast away. For you to get a new heart and a new spirit, cast away the iniquities. And the Bible tells us when we do that, when we do that, that's when the Spirit of God comes to lead us to what? Become true Christians. And I want to make sure we get this connection right now. It leads us to be true Christians. We have died. We buried but now to rise, the sin is there, but the, for us to now walk with Christ, there has to be implicit obedience. And the Bible told us you have to have this spirit. Otherwise, you will not be able to obey God the way God said you should obey him. That's why, can you read Ezekiel, please, 36, 26 to 27. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. Yes, ma'am. I will give you a new heart and mm -hmm. put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Yes. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. You see, that's why, that's where many of us in the Christian, Christian dome misunderstand. Remember we went through this before. When God told us that only one requirement I need from you, turn away from iniquity. I, the Lord, will come and give you a new heart. I'll give you a new spirit. Because without this spirit, you will not be able to walk in my statue the way I want you to walk. Can we now see why when this spirit is not there, then we're not led by that spirit. Because the spirit, that spirit needs to lead us. That's why Romans 8.14 says that as many as are led by that spirit, those are the ones who are true Christians. 
I'm not here trying to say I'm a true Christian. No, please understand what I'm talking about. This is the word of God. So wake up and get understanding. Okay. So as many as are led, so to go, go ahead, please. Sorry, sorry. Yes, Romans 8 14. For yes. as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So those who are not led by the Spirit, they are not sons of God, they are not true Christians. What do I mean by that? The Spirit of God cannot lead the miracles remember, except the Spirit of God is in me. That's why Jesus Christ told us that if this Spirit is not in you, remember verse 9, the same chapter, please. Romans 8, verse 9. Yes. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Mm -hmm. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And I, I, I hope everybody understands where the conclusion is drawing now. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, then it's not his. So I am Christ if I have the spirit in him. And that spirit, what it does, was to ensure that obey Christ. Can you now see, my people? Can you see the connection now? When Jesus Christ said, if you abide in me and my, my word abides in you, only then you are truly my disciple. Can you read John 8, 31, please? John 8, verse 31. Yes, ma'am. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, mm -hmm. if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. How, is, is, is there any, I don't know how anything, anybody can explain it. If you abide in my word, that's when you are my disciples indeed. That's why you are my disciples. In fact, in other words, you are my true disciples. So he goes also, also to tell us, look, and I'm going to cut off so many things right now. I'm going to talk about it goes up to John 15, 14. John 15, 14. Yes. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Period. You are my disciple. You are the true Christian. You are the follower of me. If you do all I've commanded you. Why is he telling us all these things? That is saying, if I'm saying I'm a true Christian, I must walk at Jesus Christ's walk. Be the same way in obedience. He's telling us, this spirit is the one that will lead you there. And when you have this spirit in you, it's no longer you. It's this spirit doing everything, directing everything, leading you, and what? Correcting and chastising you. Hopefully, I will hear when the spirit is, is, is talking and leading me. So that's why I'm just saying, when he said this, you know, this spirit must be in you. As my father's spirit was in me. That's exactly what Christ was saying in a different way. Because when he said in John 10, 30, he said, don't you know, I am my father. I want. It's the same spirit. And if you look at John 14, 9. Uh, sorry, to go, John 14, verse 9. Yes, ma'am. Okay. 
Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? Mm -hmm. He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Mm. Who has seen me has seen the father. That is it. If anyone who sees me does not see Christ in what I do, in what I do, not my mouth, okay? Then, obviously, I'm not a true Christian. Anyone can say anything they want to say. It's, I'm not saying, I'm not judging, I'm the one. But I'm saying this is the word of God. In other words, a true Christian is one that is said, except you are born again of the same spirit. Christ was in the same spirit. So you are born again of the same spirit. And if you are born again of the same spirit, he said, you are a spirit. You are God, the small g. You are God because you and God now are one. If God and I are one, it means I have the nature, the character, and the attributes of God. We are one. I only hear him and do what he tells me to do. That's why Christ said, my father was always with me because every, whatever I did was pleasing. So if I have the same attribute of God, then as the children of God, listen to me, everybody, as children of God, I must love. That's why I'm telling you that when you answer that, you have answered, you will answer many other things. As children of God, I must love what God loves. I must hate is to abhor, rebuke, even publicly. I will show you where it is. And condemn whatever God condemns. Otherwise, we are not in agreement. You know, God looked at the, the in Revelation. It's amazing. He told one church, you've done all this, but that one thing you have done that is so wonderful. You hate those things I hate. Read me Revelations, please, 2.6. This is going around? Yes. Okay. Revelation 2.6. Yes. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which mm -hmm. I also hate. You see? What, what I hate, you hate. What I love, you love. That's what I'm trying to say. Let everybody, please, that with, with our heart unpoured unto God. What I hate, you hate. What I love, you love. Otherwise, we are not in agreement. We are walking contrary. So when you talk about is a Christian supposed to um, what do you call it? Uh, challenge what is going on, rebuke it, and say, obviously because God does. And I'm going to show you right now. If you look at the way we we, we move very quickly. Read me Psalm, please, five forty-six. Psalm five. Four to six. Yes, ma'am. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. Yes. Not how yes. evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. In other words, God is saying, here we are in this ministry. When God is speaking to us, he's not talking to us about any human being. Any human being. It's not for me. Believe me. 
I don't even have any thought about this woman being or that woman being. I'm looking at what says God. What does he do? What does he want me to do? Heavenly Father, anything that is not of you, restrain me. Restrain me. Rather than for me to do it and then get punished. Take me away. That's my own. That's the way I look at it. God is saying, I cannot stand iniquity. In fact, we all know it. In, we don't have to want to read that. In, in Isaiah 1, if you go to 15, it says, you know what? I cannot endure. I cannot even endure iniquity. Whatever it may be, iniquity of any type, by anyone, it doesn't make a difference. By any human being, by any government, whatever it is, what is the man when it comes to God? You should be able to stand there. So what should anybody do? Rushing there, you see where God is saying. Can you read me, please? Proverbs 15, 26. Proverbs 15, 26. Yes. Proverbs 15, 15, 15, ma'am. Yeah, 26. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. Are pleasant. So now what I'm saying is this. Those who are true Christians are God, the spirit of God. What God is, is the head. What God loves, the love. Regard, without any regard to anything at all. There's no partiality. There's not even a turning of anything. In fact, I think when a sister, uh, or sister Maureen was talking about a testimony, said, this is the time to focus totally and completely without turning to the left or to the right. That's exactly what it is. Whatever it is, what about the way of God? Let me follow it and just do it and declare it and move on. What am I saying here? And God is also telling us, I said, look, you yourself rebuke even openly. Don't, don't you ever. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm going, living so many things. Otherwise, we have a lot to present which God has said. God said, you must hate as I do. You must eschew. Hatred God is talking about is not hatred like hate somebody. It's hatred of evil, whatever it is. Even though the Bible tells us that God hates evil and evildoers. That's what the Bible says. And I'll show you where it is right now. If you read, remember we have, we always had fun with this uh, Proverbs 7, 11. It has, God says it. Proverbs 7, 11. Yes. No, she, sorry, my dear. Psalm 7, 11. Okay. Sorry about that. Psalm 7, 11. Yeah, I was a proverb before. <laughs> okay. God is a just judge. And God is angry with the wicked every day. Every day. If I'm wicked in whatever I'm doing, it doesn't make a difference. God is angry. But the anger of God, he is angry with the wicked. But again, we know that with that, God also has his love. He wants the wicked to know that what he's doing is wrong and he should be able to change and turn to, to him. So what are we saying? For us as Christians and human beings, the Bible tells us if we support anything that's evil, he said, he will punish us. That one is obvious. So if you support whatever that is there, it tells you that. Can you please read me Proverbs 17, 15? Proverbs 17, 15. Yes. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. 
So my people, what I'm saying that close your eyes and focus only on heaven and anything that is wrong that is not right. Doesn't make a difference who is doing it and where it's coming from or anywhere. You must stand in the truth of God and say, this is wrong, change. And they are doing it out of love because they are giving the person an opportunity and chance to change. It doesn't make a difference because God has no, what, any respect for any human being. Can you read me Proverbs 24, 24 to 25, please? We've got to move on. Proverbs 24, 24 to 25. Yes. He who says to the wicked, you are righteous. Him the people will curse. Nations will abhor him. Mm -hmm. Those who rebuke the wicked will have delight. And a good blessing will come upon them. And a good blessing. Those who, what? They said the wicked, okay, you are righteous. God hates that. It doesn't make a difference whether it's the maker or, the rumba or anybody. Because God, God is God. And everybody should be looked at from that point of view, that God does not like anything of that nature. So what am I saying here then? What am I saying here? We're asked, look, even openly, rebuke that which is not proper. If you see it there, rebuke it. Read me please 1 Timothy 6, 20. 1 Timothy 6, 20. Yes, ma'am. Oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, mm -hmm. avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Knowledge. Let's put it that way. I'm going I'm to move on. The question then comes to be this. A child, a true Christian, listen to me, for our own sake, a true Christian, your citizenship is in heaven. Your alliance, your allegiance. If you have any party, your party is in heaven. Everybody, please listen to me. That's what I'm saying. If that's what you want, for me, that's it. My party is in heaven. That's where I belong in all things. Read me, please, Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20. Yes, ma'am. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible tells us, that, can you please use Galatians 5, 24 to 25? Galatians 5, 24 to 25. Yes. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Mm-hmm. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So what is this telling us? If we live in the spirit, everybody, what is crucifying the flesh and everything of that nature of this earth? That is the involvement of petty petty things of this earth. Of this earth. Let it go. I want to let everybody know, please. I'm not saying you should not participate in the community or government or even if you if you if you wish to vote, vote as the Spirit of God leads you. But don't get distracted or let anybody be distracted or 
to alter whatever the word of God is for whatever any reason. That is all and that God is telling us. Because when we talk about, okay, those who are Christians, in many, many ways, I don't want to even bother myself right now. You see where John the Baptist was the one just shouting on Herod. What you did is wrong. You kill me, kill me, but you did it. Why is he screaming on, on, on Herod? Because by adventure, if Herod has the spirit of God, Herod will, will repent. That's what it's all about. It's not trying to say, oh, God destroyed this person. It's letting anybody, in any situation, you are telling me, if you want to tell me what I'm doing is not right, tell me what it is so I can repent. That's what God is talking about. So I can acknowledge that and repent. In all the whole, everywhere in the scriptures, it happens that way. Nathan, when they untold David, what they are doing is wrong. In Ahab situation, which we have, Elijah went there. What they are doing is wrong. Why? If they didn't do that, and anybody perishes, is on their head. That's the whole idea. I just want us to make sure we survive. survive. So coming in, that's what I tell you, the other ones will be easy. Coming in now, the question comes to be, who is a true Christian? Can anybody tell me then who determines who is a true Christian? God. Uh, God bless you, God. My God. So my people listen to me. But God has also not left us clueless. Because why did that answer come? I said that, that that's it. It's God. God has not commissioned any one of us to judge anyone that you are a true Christian or not a true, true Christian. But he has given us clues to tell us, look, if you see something like this, it's not of me. The reason why that we answered it was God is because God told us that he's the only one who knows those who are his. Give me 2 Timothy 2, 19, please. 2 Timothy 2, 19. Yes, ma'am. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. Mm -hmm. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. My people, that, that's, that's why we said, that's why he said, when to go back, I said, yes. God alone knows those who are his. But he has given us clues. He's given us some clues. That those who are his, can anybody tell me some clues? Come on now, let us not be, don't leave me the only one talking. What clues did God, God give us? So a few clues. Just give me one or two. Must live and walk in spirit. Yes, thank you. What God said, that one, one clue, if anyone is mine, this is what I need to tell you to do. He must be perfect as I am. We all know that. That's number one. Perfect the care of me. You have to be. Because otherwise, you're not going to be able to come close to me. That's to depart from evil. Perfect love. You have to have it. We see that in Matthew 4, 5, 48. Be you perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. It's telling you that's the way it's supposed to be. Be perfect in obedience if you want to. That's why also 1 John 4, 17 said, look, we are supposed to be as God is. And Ephesians 5, 1 said, be imitators of God. What God does, that's what you should do also. But even leaving all that, my people, 
God also gave us some clue. If you see me, if you see me, how do you know? How can you begin to even, let me put it this way, have a considered opinion that this person is probably a true Christian? By their fruits, we shall know them. By their fruits, you shall know them. Zugoma, can you please read Matthew 7? Read from 7, 15. In fact, I don't know. Yeah, read from 17. Uh, if you want to go to 27, that's fine. Because I told you after this, the other ones are just defeated. You could, you could even ask, everybody can answer those words. Yes? Matthew chapter 7 from verse 15 to 27. Yes. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. So a Christian is truly known by what, what is where? Inwardly. Inwardly, in the heart. And what is in the heart comes out. That's why I tell people, stop trying to look good. Be good inside, and the goodness will come out the way God has it. Go on, my sister. God bless. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Mm -hmm. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, mm -hmm. nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Go on. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Stop that, my sister. That, that... Stop, stop that, my sister. God bless you. Okay. Let, let's assume that uh, for some reason, foolishly, for some foolish reason, I say, oh, man, I, I, I teach really well. I preach final. I prophesy final. I speak in tongue. I do this. I'm a prayer warrior. What is he telling us here? Why he said, I don't know you. They prophesied, they did everything, but he said, I don't know you. Because of what? Because of iniquity, sin. I don't know the way you did it. Was it according to the way my father had prescribed it? You can go there and show the world that you are this and whatever you think you are, or whatever name you want to call yourself, go ahead and do so. But my father knows in your heart that you are full of lawlessness and iniquity. Therefore, he didn't do it according to his will. I just want to make sure we point that out. So that's why we said only God knows those who are his. He's giving us the clue. And the clue is that we have to be as he is in everything. Imitate him. In other words, those things he loves, he loves, we love. Those things he hates, we hate. And then also that we have to be what? Good fruit. We have to be good trees everywhere. That's why he told us in Matthew 5, he said, let your light so shine 
that others may see that light and glorify God. But I want to let everybody know one thing. The Bible says that we are the light of the world. A light shines and gives light. But I can tell you also, a light of God, like the fire of God, a light of God, like the fire of God, like the word of God, because the word of God, he says, that the word of God is so, what? The word of God is like fire and hammer. It's so powerful. So the same light, if it's like fire, also kills those who abuse it. So my people, that's, I want us to make sure we get this right now, talking about. So question that I'm going to ask you is this. One who is a true Christian then, what side should he belong? The might. Huh? Belongs to the right might, the might that shines bright, the might of God, the Lord. Right. That is all, my people. That's all. I'm not saying people don't participate in it, so whatever they're doing. But if you belong to God, that is their only side. That's their only what party. That is the the highest. That is what they're saying. Don't take whatever you do. Don't take your eyes off that thing. That is the ultimate goal. That thing nobody can take away from you. Every other exercise, whatever we do on this earth, is going to pass away with using my people. Either people will try to use you or try to help deceive you or anything, because that's one thing. Until human beings are truly transformed, they are masters of deceit. They're always cunning. They're always trying to undo others. But when somebody is taught, you have sympathy, you have compassion, and you move on. That's a different. So what am I saying here? Whatever you do, my people, whatever you do that's going around you, anywhere you are, Avoid even the, any possible distraction or strife. Avoid it. Anything that will bring anything or argument that is actually disrupted, avoid it. Focus on that which is only right. Can you read for me, please? First Timothy. This is Goma there 6 11 to 16. Timothy 11 to 16. Yes, ma'am. First Timothy 6. 11 to 16. First Timothy 6, 11 to 15. 16. But you, O man of God, yes. flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Mm. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Go on, which we were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Jesus, before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. Mm -hmm. That keep this commandment without spot, which has blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. Let's let's stop right there. Keep this commandment. Whatever happened, the same thing we have seen, my people, when God has told us in First Corinthians seven nineteen that circumcision profits nothing. The things of this world profit nothing, but obedience 
is what matters. I thank God that he will use Paul to, to declare this to us, which Christ told us, if you love me, obey me. That is all. Any other thing you are trying to project, it's not going to work for me because it's not showing me that you love me. So, and that's why the Bible said, if you run into, don't get distracted. And it tells us, can you please read, read first, first Timothy again, 6, 37, please. First Timothy. First. First Timothy 6. 6. 3 to 11. Okay. Or 3 to 7, rather. Right? Let's move on. Yeah. First Timothy 6, 3 to 7. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing mm -hmm. nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, revilings, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Mm. From thought, withdraw yourself. From thought, withdraw yourself, wherever you are. But don't mind, look, look at that, what we're talking about, what the Bible saying, go to Second Timothy, where it told us, endure, don't look to the left or to the right. Don't get entangled with the things of this world. If you say the Spirit of God has taken over you, whatever it is, remember that's one thing that counts above every other thing. And don't take your eyes off it. Give me Second Timothy 2, 3 to 5. Second Timothy 2, 3 to 5. Yes. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. No one, God bless you, my sister, no one engages in the warfare. Thank you, Pastor, for highlighting that. Engages in, please, everybody take this very, very admonishment. I'm not here talking about anything. I'm talking to Emeko's Rumba. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. You are in, in this world. We are in this life. We are in this world. But we are not of the world. Don't let anything of the world distract you, no matter wherever it's coming from, so that we have not eventually labored in vain and the grace poured unto us, been wasted. That's my cry. And that's what I'm feeling. Because there's nothing that's more important to me than at least some of us who have really accepted this truth, Lord, please establish and uphold us unto the, the end. Because if anything happens to any one of us, Lord, it will be so depressing. Let us keep focus. Keep reading to government. I don't know what happened to you. I'm here. <laughs> and also, if anyone competes in athletics, mm -hmm. he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. According to the rules, yes. Um, yes. The, okay, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. That is that is my, my own thing right now. 
the hard-working farmer, no matter how you do, eventually you must eat the fat of the crop, which God will give you. But consider all this and have understanding, my people. Leaving that now, and believe me, all the two questions have been answered, except one. And the other one is very simple, we close. That's what is acceptable interception? My people, what is interception? Like inter intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is not anything different from other gifts that God has given to us. And I have, I have touched every single one now coming in. This is the same thing, the gift of teaching, the gift of preaching, the gift of prophecy, the gift of whatever the gift may be. All these gifts are perishable. The thing that matters most is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But now, intercessory prayer, let me put this one. I don't need to, if you can catch it, let's catch it and go from it. Even when the Lord gave it to me, I was just say, huh? Intercessory prayer or intercession, okay, comes from the from God to God for me. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Yep. God bless you. It comes from God, which means that it's the spirit of God. That's why the Bible told us, look, the spirit of God is what intercedes for you, which means that a true intercessor must be one with God, must be one with God in all transformation. That's why we went to who is actually a true Christian. Once you get that, that is your foundation. Every other thing you do, then you will hear God. So a true intercessor hears from God, intercedes as God gives to him. Read me Romans, please, 8, 28 to 27. No, 26 to 27. Sorry, my dear. Romans 8, 26 to 27. Yes. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Yes. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. God bless all of you. Now, he who searches the heart, and that person is not Emeko Zurumba, and it's not you. Who searches the heart? The one who gives to any one of us. He searches the heart. Therefore, it's from him. And therefore, an intercessor, an intercessor, whatever, goes ahead and intercedes as the spirit leads the intercessor. Except the intercession violates the word of God. And the word of God is it. Like those who pray, Holy Ghost, fire. Die by fire. My enemy die. You should openly rebook and put it down because that is not of God. But an intercessor prays as God gives the person. And nobody questions that, but it's God. Because one, why am I saying this? All of us, no matter whatever God has given to us, we are answerable to only God. And whatever you do, always remember that. Do as the Spirit of God leads you, and you are answerable to him. Because the Bible told us that he's the one we have to be answerable to. Read me Hebrews, please. 12. No, 4. 12 and 13. 
Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. Yes. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So my people, spiritual gift is given by God. To use it for, for God, no, to God, unto, unto God. Okay, sorry, unto God. It's given by God to be used unto God for people. Therefore, the giver is the one who must always, you have to give account. I must give account to God. If I'm traveling here, I'm saying something that I know in my heart is not what I am. I know in my heart it's contrary to what God is saying. Oh no, that day is marked because I will face this God. That's why the calling has called us in this ministry. It's not about money. It's not about this. It's not about anything. I have seen all these things before. I have seen them. But he has opened my eyes to tell me all this, all that which you had before. You, don't, you, you wasted all your time. Look at why I called you. This is why I created you. Go ahead and do it. And stand by it. I will speak to you. I will talk to you. But whatever I teach you, you must live that life. Otherwise, I will condemn you. And that goes with anything that God has given to anyone. That's why the giver always reserves the right to take the gift back from anyone. So when, when, what am I saying in this situation? Why does an intercessor have to be one with God? Because the Bible told us, you look at John 9, 31, it said, God does not hear a sinner. There's only one prayer that God hears from a sinner, a prayer of repentance. Because it's almost like, okay, I'm, I'm in sin and I'm calling upon God and God is saying, look at this person insulting me and doing this. But as far as God is concerned, and it just as God gives him. And then let God, so that we don't offend anything or do anything by God. So a Christian, let me, I'm summarizing now, my people. And I thank you so much for your patience. A Christian, like an, an intercessor, first of all, must be a Christian. Let's put it that way. Okay, because everything goes back to that foundation, my people. It must be one with God. If you're not one with God, how is the Spirit of God going to be in you? If the Spirit of God is not in you, it's not going to be able to intercede through you. So you be, that's why I'm praying for all every one of us. Remember, even last month, I said, everybody, please, whatever. If you have not done it before, go ahead and everything put it away. So that God may not, no, sorry. So that any prayer we're praying may not be ever hindered. Do it at least. For your, your family, do it for everybody else. By adventure, God may hear us. We're not, it's not being afraid. We're not, we're not being afraid. It's just that we're crying that things are not going right. And for us, that's why God looked down from heaven and said, look at, you see all these things. There's no justice here. There's no pro problem is here. All this is going on here. If you look at Isaiah 59, 1 to 16, he said, but I looked down, nobody would open his mouth and rebuke people. Nobody will call for this. Thing. Nobody will intercede. Where is my intercessors? 
what is going on. And that's why an intercessor, when he's crying, an intercessor and a Christian is just what? Is a watchman of God. Everybody, all of us, okay? Even what anybody's doing, like right now, like the God, my reading this thing, is a watchman of God. Everybody, please, you pray and cry unto God. Please put that spirit even more and more. And a watchman, if he does not even what? Intercede and say, this is what is wrong. We have failed. That's why God cried. If you look at it in Isaiah 58, 1. In fact, it was shouting. He said, can you read Isaiah 51? We don't want to go too far. Isaiah 51, 8. 58, 1. Sorry. Isaiah 58, 1. Cry aloud. Yes, Spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. Anyone who tells you you have transgressions and you have sin loves you. Listen to me, my people. He loves you. Because it's maybe you'll be touched and you will change. But if you see me, that is the culture that I was brought up and most of you were brought up even back this time. You come, brother. This thing you have done is not right. And he will thank you. But sometimes if you say it here, they want to kill you. That's what God has said. And that's how we raise even children in the village. Everybody was what? Was one raising children. A child does something, correct the person. And blame him, he does not do it anymore. So why am I saying that? It's the watchman and the watchman must cry. The watchman must tell people to turn away from their wicked ways. And intercessor must do that. The way the Spirit of God leads him or her, nobody should judge. It's only God who judges that. Can you read me and we close? Ezekiel 33, please. Ezekiel 33. Yes, read from 1 to 10, ma'am. 1 to 10. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and mm -hmm. say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. Why you are, why you are there, Sister Goma, hold it. What is blowing the trumpet? It's preaching the gospel. Uh, that, yeah, that's one of the... Blowing the trumpet, no. What he's saying here, my brother, is this. They are, they are there. That's trouble, and there's a sword coming. So you blow the trumpet by telling people there's a sword coming. There's a way to avoid this sword. Depart. Depart. Change. Repent. Because otherwise... The anger of the Lord may continue. That's what blowing the trumpet. You don't blow the trumpet. Okay, you know everybody uh, pray. What are you praying for? When God is, if it's if the anger of the Lord is there, He's telling you repent. And God told us, I'm a merciful God. All I want for you to do is to acknowledge your ways and repent. The Lord, I will have mercy. Keep reading, God. My God bless you. 
Okay, verse five. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. Mm -hmm. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in, in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, now hear why I'm saying that, what the trumpet is. Okay? Turn away from your wicked way. Go on, sorry about that. When I, verse eight, when I say to the wicked, oh, wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Sorry, again, hold on to the government. If you want the wicked to do what? To turn away. God bless you, to turn away. That's a trumpet. Turn away from your iniquity because it's going to kill you. My child, you keep putting your hand on this fire. Take your hand off because it's going to burn you. You have to tell the person to take the hand off. You're not going to say, well, keep the hand there. Let it be burned on the fire, but keep praying. Go on, please. Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus you say, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us and mm -hmm. we pine away in them, how can we then live? How can we then live? My people, let us conclude in this. We're talking about intercession. We're talking about the Christian. We're talking about what our responsibilities are. He tells us, says this. So says the Lord, if our transgression, our sins lie upon us, and all will say we move on, and then we don't turn away, how can we live? My people, I thank God for the question that came. They came in, some of them like a little flood here and there, but he, he put them all together. And then later he said, look, this is the, the question that will answer all the sins. Present it, that you may go on. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that again and again, mighty Father, you look down from heaven with pity, with mercy, to instruct us by yourself. There's no man who can present and teach your word the way you reveal this mystery unto us. No man, not me, God forbid, that the day will ever come when I ever feel that I have anything to do with it. God, we appreciate you and we thank you. We humble our heart this very night and say, come and have your way. Whatever we have gone wrong in any issue, anything, Lord, all of us, including myself, forgive us, Lord. Amen. Give your spirit in all of us that we may walk with you and go do it right. Please, Lord, 
never let anything coming from us impede or hinder your spirit. Let your spirit flow here, flow to all, all our children, all of us, mighty Father, who is in heaven. Reveal yourself more and more unto us so that, Lord, we do not miss it at all, no matter whatever happens. Thank you for being mindful of us. I pray, Lord, that our spirit will go forth and continue to teach, instruct, direct, mighty God who is in heaven, and confirm your word and yourself unto all of us. Father, I also pray, Lord, have mercy. Look down from heaven and see the blood that was shed and have mercy. Have mercy, looking down and seeing our tears. We love you, Lord. Uphold your children, Lord. Behold your ministry and all the families there. Heavenly Father, do not forget any. Do not forget any. Even our relatives, wherever they may be, draw them, Lord. Even especially at this hour, Father, teach them. Let them have that understanding of the urgency of coming to you, not coming to any man, not bowing to any man or denomination or any church at all, but to you, the only God who can save and who can deliver. We surrender all to you and say now and forevermore, let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. We have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.